John chapter 1 and verse 19 this morning. I'll give you just a minute to find your place and we'll continue to look at John, John's gospel and what the Lord Jesus Christ has to say through the Apostle John. John chapter 1 beginning with verse 19. And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And he asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him, and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there standeth one among you, whom ye know not. He it is, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose she latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Beth, Beth Abar, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. What we have just read is an account of how John the Baptist made a confession about Jesus Christ. So John was approached on behalf of and through the religious leaders in Jerusalem and they were asking about his ministry. Now this is the same thing today. Let me give you a little picture of what that would look like today. Somebody shows up and they start preaching Jesus on the courthouse lawn. And they're not a member of any of the associations or any of the churches that are around the area. Nobody knows who he is, but what he's preaching is true. It's the Bible. Well, then here comes the local group of the church leaders and the denominational leaders in the community, and they start asking questions. They start asking questions about who are you? Who sent you? Why are you here? Are you this person or are you that person? But we, what we can say about John is that he was asked about Jesus. So that brings us to a question this morning. John the Baptist was asked about Jesus. We see a picture of how that would look in our own little town. And they would be coming and they would be asking about why he preaches what he does. And if he gave the testimony of Jesus Christ, he would be preaching about Jesus too. Well, what's going to happen when you are asked about Jesus? What's going to happen when your life, and we've been talking the last few weeks as I've been preaching through John chapter 1, we have been talking about how Jesus Christ affects your life personally. 
how he affects my life personally, what that means in our life and what it looks like as we live for God. It's not who we are. It's not what we profess to be. We're not trying to impress God. That's not what being a Christian is. What it is is living in obedience as we have went over in the last few messages. It is being submissive to God's moving and what God says in His words. When we live that way, when we live according to the Bible and according to what God's Word lays out in front of us, people are going to ask about Jesus. So, the day will come if you commit yourself to Jesus Christ. The day will come when someone will ask you about Jesus. Someone will ask you, do you go to church? Someone will ask you, how do you have things all together in your life? You're going through a difficult time in life, but how do you keep it all together? Your life will be a witness and will be a testimony to others of what Jesus Christ can do. They will be asking about Jesus. And what will your answer be? That's something that we better think about. We need to stop and consider what our answer will be. How will we deal with these questions? God wants us to be prepared to give an answer to everyone that asks about the power, the authority that is within us. And if that authority is not because of us, and if it is not of us, it's not of anything we've done, if it's of God, then we need to think about how we're going to approach that. And that's what I want to take from this passage this morning. I want to give you some answers to that question. I want to give you some direction in approaching that with other people. How did we deal, how do we deal with the opportunity to talk about our Lord and our Savior? When John the Baptist found himself in this situation, he handled it as a confession about who Jesus was, what Jesus meant, and the life that Jesus could give to anyone coming to him. That's a very good approach. Point people to Jesus. Point people to your Lord and to your Savior. Follow the instructions and follow the direction and the illustration that John the Baptist gives. John gave the following confession. And I want to share that with you this morning, hoping that it will give you something to work with in your life and it will give you some strength and something tangible that you can hold on to as you go into the workplace, as you go out into your week to come. First, I want you to notice that when asked about Jesus, John gave a faithful confession in verses 19 and 20. John the Baptist made it known that he was not Christ. John was one saved by faith coming to proclaim Christ. When we talk about a Faithful confession. It is one that is given through faith in Christ that He is the reason that you have and you are what you are today. We're not talking about 
We're not talking about who we used to be. The faithful will not pretend that there's something they're not. We can't hide from our past. Our past is who we were saved from. And it's important that to a degree, to a degree, we use that to glorify God. But we don't want to use that as a way to glorify the devil. We don't want to use it as a way to let uh, to give other people ammunition to pull us down or push us down or push us away. But we want to use it in a way that glorifies God, that shows people who the Lord Jesus Christ called us to become from who we used to be. I know I have those that I have a past. You have a past. Every person on the face of the earth has a past. I don't care how pious they seem to be. I don't care how uh, I don't care how holy and righteous they seem to be. I don't care whether they say they were raised in church from the moment they were an infant until the day that they pass away and leave. They have something in their past that they fell short in their life to God and in their direction with God. There was a point in time where they had to be saved. Not because of what they'd done, not because of who they were, but just from the simple fact that they were born into this world with a sin nature. The confession, a faithful confession does not hide from that. A faithful confession says that I am a sinner saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. A faithful confession says that I'm not who I need to be, but thank God I'm not who I used to be. I know we all can say amen to that, and that's a that's something I want to encourage you to think about and keep in your life and in your heart today. I'm not who I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not who I used to be. We're moving in the right direction. That's the beginning of a faithful confession. A faith the faithful will also proclaim who they have become. Be proud of your salvation. Be proud of it. Tell people of it. Boast about Jesus. You, if you're saved today, you didn't earn it. You didn't. You weren't able to work for it or purchase it. It is a gift of God that is given and bestowed upon everyone who will come to Him and who will lay their sins down at His feet at the cross and ask to be forgiven. Ask for those sins to be covered in the blood of Christ. Just as the thief hung on the cross beside of Jesus Christ he, one was, on one side, one was, uh, aggravating him and one was, one was making fun of Jesus. One was telling him, if you're who you say you are, bring yourself down off the cross and do this and do that. And the other one called him down and said, stop. We're here because of what we've done. He's not. He is here because he chose to be. He looked at Jesus and he said, Remember me. That's all he asked of Jesus hanging on the cross. Remember me. And Jesus looked at him and said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Believing in Jesus is all that it takes to be saved. And if you've believed in him, if you've called upon him, to be your Lord and Savior at any point in time in your life, whether you were a small child in vacation Bible school or whether it's just been recently and you've made a 
profession of faith that you've walked down the front of a church and you've knelt in an altar. Recognize Christ for who you've become and proclaim it to all of those around you. Those folks that you used to run around with that may not be the best influences on you, that may not know Jesus, when they start coming around and they start wanting you to go run with them again, tell them, no thank you, I've got a new life now. I'm a new person now. I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. I don't need that old life. I've got a new life in Jesus Christ. Proclaim Jesus for who He is and proclaim Him for what He's done in your life today. Next, we see that the faithful will live a life that they proclaim to have. We're not going to talk one way and live another. That's not a Christian life. That's not the life of a saved, born-again Christian. I'm not saying we won't have our moments when we're going to fall and we're going to fail. I'm not giving you a license to do that right now when I say it. But I'm just being honest with you. The very best walk that you can do in life, you're going to stumble. And you're going to fall. And you're going to have failures. Let's not mix anything about it this morning. Let's not try to sugarcoat it. Everybody, including preachers and pastors, have those moments in life when they fall short for the glory of God. But do you know what we do when we have those situations? We get up. We dust ourselves off. We straighten ourselves up. We repent of the failure and the fault that we have had. And we look to Jesus. We look to Jesus to pick us up and to put us back on the path where we need to be. So we need to not only talk the talk, but we need to learn how to walk the walk as well. And that is a daily learning experience in both of them. It's not just the vocabulary that you learn in church. It's not just being able to say, I've read my Bible through from cover to cover X number of times. It's not about just memorizing verses of Scripture out of your Bible. It's not about just any of that. It is about putting it to work as the way that you live it in your life. So that not, you're not only talking about who Jesus is, but you're showing through your life who He is. When you're wrong and you've made a mistake, you admit that you're wrong and you've made a mistake. While other people want to hold it over your head, let them do with it whatever they want to do. You don't look to them, you look to Jesus, because it's to Him you're going to be answering to. You're not going to be answering to some preacher or pastor. You're not going to be answering to some denominational leader. You're not going to be answering to some uh, uh, to some televangelist or something like that. You're going to be answering to the Son of God who stands at the right hand of the Father today making intercession for you. He is at the right hand of God the Father today making intercession for you. That's something worth shouting about today. That's something worth telling people about. That, hey, I've got the Son of God on my side. I've got the Son of God speaking up for me. I may fall and I may fail and I may make mistakes. I may have to sit down for a while and catch my breath, but when I get back up, I'm going to dust myself off and I'm going to come to Jesus. And when I do, he's going to meet me with arms wide open. He's going to get me turned around. And he's going to get me put back on the right path. 
That is the faithful confession that John the Baptist made. And it's the faithful confession that you and I can have today too. Well, next, when we ask about Jesus, John gave a focused confession. He wasn't just faithful about it. He was focused on it. We find that in verses 21 through 24. John didn't claim to be anyone special. John was getting a lot of attention. There were a lot of people coming to him. And John could have decided that, hey, look, my daddy and his daddy was a priest in the temple. So that meant that by just just by being born the son of a priest, he had access to being a priest. John was also a Nazarite. And because he was a Nazarite, he had taken on the the prophet, the role of a prophet. So John was prepared to go either direction. And here come these Pharisees in and all of these leaders and they were wanting having all these questions about John. Now here's what John could have done. John could have put aside the priesthood. John could have put aside the Nazarene calling and the, the way he had lived there. And John could have said, hey look, this is going to be pretty profitable for me over here. So I'm just going to go, I'll just go jump in line with these folks and I, these men will get me set up and I'll, I'll live like a king the rest of my life. And he would have. That's exactly what he would have done. But do you know what? John said, no, that's not for me. That's not who I am. I'm going to remain focused on who I was called to come here and preach about. I'm going to remain focused on whom my life is set out to proclaim and lift up. I'm going to remain focused on whom God has called me and pointed me in a direction to lift up. You see, the focused people of Christianity, the focused saved individual, they're not going to be prideful. It's not going to be about thee. It's going to be about Jesus. And I'll go ahead and tell you this, and if you've been around any true faithful preaching, you've already been told. When you're living for Jesus, it's not going to be wealthy. When you're living for Jesus, it's not going to be popular with the world. When you're living for Jesus, it's not going to be something that's going to get you a lot of attaboys from outside the world and outside the church. Now, if you run with people who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you're going to have a kindred spirit with them. And having that kindred spirit, you're going to support one another. You're going to pray for one another. You're going to lift one another up. You're going to love one another. You're going to be focused. And you're not going to be prideful. It's not going to be about you. It's going to be about Jesus. Everything you do, everything you say, all of the work that you do, all of the things that you proclaim is going to be about Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have to have a job to make a living and pay the bills. That doesn't mean you're not going to have bills to pay. That doesn't mean you're not going to have troubles. I am speaking from a spiritual standpoint. Your life will point others to Jesus Christ. Not to yourself, not to anything else, or not to anyone else. It will be focused and not prideful. It will be humble. It will be humble. The person that is focused on Jesus is going to be a person that's willing to step back and willing to say to others, you go first. 
It doesn't matter if it's a person in the church or a person outside of the church. You're going to be wanting them to experience the best. Jesus told his disciples when they were arguing and quarreling about who was going to sit at Jesus' right hand in heaven. He said first will be last and the last will be first. That's what he expected out of those who followed. That's what he expected out of his apostles and that's what he expects out of those today who are born again and saved by grace through faith. He expects us to understand what that means and to apply it to our lives. We don't need to over-apply it. We don't need to read into it anything that's not there, but we also want to make sure we understand what Jesus is telling us. The first will be last, and the last will be first. Those who put others ahead of themselves, those who themselves willingly step back because they want to let others go first. They want to see others have the first draw, the first in everything. Those are the ones, those that have a humble spirit. Those are the ones that Jesus is going to bless. Those are the ones that are going to be focused on Christ and focused on His Word and His work. The focused also will be pointing others to Jesus. When we step back, and we point others, and we tell others to go ahead, we're going to be pointing them to Christ. Jesus himself was a very humble individual. When we think about the Last Supper, we think about, obviously, the betrayal of Judas, and then we think about them leaving after they had this Last Supper, and they went into the Garden of Gethsemane, and it was there where Jesus was arrested. But there was something else that night in the upper room Something else that really defined who Jesus was and what he wanted his disciples to be and those that followed him to be. Jesus, at the very beginning of that meeting, when the others showed up in the room, Jesus washed their feet. He washed their feet. Now think about that. You have 12 men that had went around and walked around for weeks in sandals in sandy, dirty areas. Dirt was crusted on their feet. And Jesus sat down with a towel and a pan of water. And he set them down one at a time. And he put their feet in that pan and he took that towel and he washed their feet. He didn't have to do he was the Son of God. He was the miracle worker. He was the Savior of mankind. But yet he wanted to be the servant of mankind as well. Folks, there's something to be said this morning for being focused enough on Jesus that we're willing to serve others to the point of pointing them to Jesus. That's part of what John's confession was. It was a focused confession on Jesus and on everything it means to follow him. Well, last this morning, I want you to see that when Jesus, or when, when John was asked about Jesus, he gave a 
forward confession. John pointed in verses 25 through 28. John was pointing to one who dwelled among them. Jesus had already been on the scene. Jesus had already been doing certain things. John the Baptist said, He's already here among you. John was pointing to one so special that even the Baptist wasn't worthy to unloose the latchet of his sheets. I said earlier that if life didn't look back to who you were, a forward confession doesn't look back to that person. It looks ahead to who God is wanting you to become. It looks ahead to whom Jesus is calling you to be in the future. And that future begins today. It begins today in your life and in my life. What does Jesus want from you beginning today? Is your mind and your heart going to be looking forward? Is your mind and your heart going to be thinking about what Jesus wants after this service is over? What does he want from me? Not who you were yesterday. Not who you were at 8 o'clock this morning. Not who you were last month or even last year. Not who you want to become. Who does Jesus want you to be? Look forward to that. Look ahead to that. To that person. To that life. To that individual. And a forward confession doesn't live in wishful thinking. It's not about who we can become. It's not about who I can be in my life. It's not about what I can make out of my life. You have some say so in that. You have some responsibility in that. But what can the Lord Jesus Christ make out of your life? What can the Lord Jesus Christ do in and through your life? Say, well, I'm not, I don't have anything the Lord can work with. Oh, yes, you do. You have a witness and you have a testimony and you have a confession of what He's already done in your life. And as such, just because of that, it is something that the Lord can work with to touch other people. We can't have, we can't go through life with wishful thoughts and hope so ideology. What if I would have done this? What if I hadn't made this decision? Oh, what if I had went a different road and different ideas? All that's going to do is depress you. All that's going to do is pull you down to the lowest depths of woe. Don't worry about the what ifs of the past. Instead of worrying about those things, what if I decide to follow Jesus? What if I decide to live the life that the Lord wants me to live? What if I let Jesus have control and have say-so in my life? 
Lord will. I do it by the word of God, through the will of God, according to the work that He wants done in my life. What can happen in my life? Only God can open up those doors for you. And He will open up those doors for you just as soon as you decide to quit thinking about the wishful wish I had of the past and start looking ahead at what He can do in your future. Lastly, forward confession lives by faith, realizing that where you came from and how you were delivered and to what work you're delivered to do. If you're saved this morning, you have been delivered from bondage. Just as God used Moses to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt, just as He used all of the prophets to deliver the Israelites out of the captivities of the Babylonians and everything else. Jesus, you, God uses Jesus to deliver each one of us out of the captivity and the bondage of sin. We've all, we all have been there. I've been delivered this morning. And I believe some of you have been delivered this morning as well. I believe some of you know what I'm talking about because you've experienced it. Maybe this morning you haven't experienced it. Maybe you don't have what it needs to be a person of confession, a person of faithful confession, a person of focused confession, a person of a forward confession in Jesus Christ. This morning as we close, you too can have that freedom. You too can be released from the bondage of the past and have the ability to look ahead to the future. And this morning, if that's what your need is, then I want to invite you to stay after the service closes and let me have a word with you. Let me show you Jesus and let me talk to you about what He can do later in your life and maybe have a prayer with you, a prayer where you will accept Him as your Lord and Savior. If you are in that today, if you do know that focus, if you do know that freedom of that bondage, then I want to encourage you to think of these things, the faithful confession, the focused confession, and the forward confession, and ask yourself how you're living them in your life and how you're letting the Lord use your life to reach others for Jesus Christ. As we close this morning, would you bow with me in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, as we close today, I ask, first of all, that you examine all the hearts, Heavenly Father, including mine, that are here today. If there's one here that needs Jesus as Lord and Savior, I pray that you'll touch their heart. I pray that they will accept you as Lord and Savior, accept Jesus. Ask Him to forgive their sin before it's eternally too late. Lord, as we stand here today, others that may be saved, Look at our hearts and our lives. Are we being who you want us to be to point others to Jesus? Heavenly Father, I thank you again for all of the ladies that are gathered here this morning. I thank you for the privilege of coming into their home and having this service. Lord, I pray that everything that's said and done will be done to lift up Jesus and to glorify his name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Ladies, Thank you for your time this morning. 
It's such a pleasure to come here and be here with you all on Sundays.